Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's talk Minnesota Viking football with the Purple Insider himself, Matthew Collar. He joins us via the John Schuster Gold Banker Hotline. Matthew Collar. How's your week been? Uh, it's good. It's kind of, um, I don't know, like weird to have the team flying to London. <laughs> but other than that, like that's been, instead of talking about Justin Jefferson's issues with targets and uh, the offense's lack of execution, it's kind of been like 80% of the questions. So you guys are flying to go overseas, huh? So uh, I don't know if I don't know if I uh, got enough answers this week for my liking. Hey, let me ask you this because I've never been to London. H- have you ever been to any of the London games before for any team? No, no, I have not been over there. Man, I uh, that, I mean, it'd be cool to cool to go to at at some particular point. This matchup though doesn't do a whole lot for me. I, look, we we love the Vikings. We cover the Vikings and all this stuff, whatever. But man, I, the Saints just seem like. Um, a team that's not going to do very well this year, but they are banged up. There's a lot going on with that uh, with that franchise right now, and I do want to start there because I think that a lot of people will look and they'll see Vikings are favored uh, via the the Vegas line by what two and a half, three points. Um, why in particular are the Vikings favored over the New Orleans Saints? I think a lot of it has to do with who's going to play for the New Orleans Saints, right? They've been banged up. You know, Jameis Winston's not able to practice. Um, was it Michael Thomas? I don't think he practiced. So there's a lot of question marks about the the New Orleans Saints offensively. Yeah, and I think that no matter who plays quarterback for the Saints, it's not as good as having Kirk Cousins. I mean, yep. um, Jameis Winston, I think we can call it on Jameis Winston. Uh, there were a lot of apologists for him that thought that, you know, maybe uh, – he wasn't handled right in Tampa Bay or whatever. I mean, we always hear this, right? Like every quarterback that doesn't work out somewhere, the team had no idea what he's doing. He'll be better in the next location and, and so forth. But um, you don't just throw 30 interceptions and then like convince people you're actually good. And then that's what's been going on this year. It's like he leads the league in interceptions again. It's clearly a trait that he has, that he is far too willing to take risks. And everybody likes when you take risks and throw downfield until you lead the league in interceptions, uh, which is, you know, that's kind of um, just who Jameis Winston is. Um, And then, you know, Andy Dalton obviously doesn't really impress anyone. But what I think is interesting is that, you know, Andy Dalton came to Minnesota in 2020 and won a game with uh, Dallas where he basically just steered the ship and he threw short passes and executed just enough to get the job done. And I think that New Orleans is much better off 
against the Vikings if they have Andy Dalton. I mean, I, I would pick um, New Orleans to play this game much closer if Andy Dalton is the quarterback because I think if Jameis Winston is in there, especially a broken version of a bad quarterback already, and he's launching the ball downfield, I mean, that's just like – especially into a defense that plays the, the umbrella or the shell or whatever you want to call it, if you're just asking to throw three picks that day, um, uh, you know, particularly under weird circumstances in London, Dalton is much more of a guy who will dink and dunk you all the way down the field, which is actually the thing that the Vikings have been struggling with is these long drives that they're giving up and conversions and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that, so that's kind of interesting that in, in the rare situation where I think the backup is actually better than the starter. Look, I, I'll say this, though, and I agree with you about Jameis Winston. I don't think that Jameis Winston is ever going to be the quarterback that a lot of a lot of people thought that he was going to be. Even I thought he was going to be a much better quarterback at the National Football League level, and he's clearly not what I expected him to be. I will say this, though. When a guy is completely healthy versus a guy coming back from a torn ACL um, and he's dealing with a back injury and all this, like I don't think that he should be playing. And I'm in total agreement with you. I think that the Saints are a scarier team with a healthy Andy Dalton than a beaten-down Jameis Winston. The, the interception stuff I think will always probably more than likely be a thing with Jameis. But the version of Jameis that we're seeing right now I think that that is part of just the the product of him coming back off of a major injury and him being dealing with another injury. No, I think you're totally right. And, you know, look, um, I'm not a doctor, and there are probably some listening who may understand back fractures better than I do, Yikes. but that doesn't sound good. Like <laughs> 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 it's just. I mean, you're you're really talking about, like, he's basically the walking version of one of those graphics that has a a line that points to all the injuries. Um, And there's no way to play at a high level when you have that many injuries all at once. And not, you know, not only with Andy Dalton is he somebody that can sort of steer the ship and uh, deliver the ball where it needs to go, um, but also, like, Taysom Hill has caused the Vikings some problems in the past. And it's been weird to me that they have refused to really use him at quarterback and use him as that, that sort of, uh, you know, unique weapon that he's been for them in, in past years. And, of course, Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds of the last couple of decades. So not surprising that losing Sean Payton would also be a big deal here. But suddenly, you know, Taysom Hill taking some snaps. What was he, something like 4-1 and one when he started for them, uh, you know, a couple of years ago? So you could even see – is Taysom Hill coming in and making some plays if they don't start Jameis Winston. Um, I can't remember another game where you're going into it where Vikings fans should be rooting for the starter to play, but I think it's much scarier if, uh, if the backups play here. Talking to Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Collar. Uh, if, it, if you were Kevin O'Connell, uh, would you play Dalvin Cook this weekend? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think with him fully participating in practice today, uh, the answer would have to be yes. If he can fully participate in practice, then that means he's going to be able to play. Uh, but, you know, a, a not healthy Dalvin Cook, save for that one insane game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, has just not been all that effective in recent years. And the fact that you have somebody who, at this point, the gap is not that big between him and Alexander Madison, uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, would like to see Kenny Wongwu in the game. And 
and get the football a little bit because he's such an explosive player. Um, yeah, I mean, they have one of the deepest and best running back rooms in the league, and if you feel like an extra week is going to help Delvin Cook long-term, uh, then, then you should give it to him. But maybe they, maybe they don't. Like, this shoulder injury, this is the third time with this same shoulder injury. Uh, t- 2019 against the Broncos, last year against the 49ers, and then now. I mean, it's probably going to be a thing that just keeps happening with the shoulder injury. Um, so maybe he just has to play through it. And uh, you see where it goes from there. But, you know, this is what everyone was concerned about when they signed the contract. I mean, every team, when they sign a running back, they say, we're different. Our guy's different. Christian McCaffrey, our guy's different. Derrick Henry, our guy's different. And yet it seems to follow the same path almost every time. There's only so much that these guys can take. And and I wonder about, even with Kevin O'Connell, looking at the version of Delvin Cook that he has right now and going, we're going to have to start using other running backs in the game as well as Cook because it's, this is not the guy from even two years ago. i, I got to be honest with you, Matthew. I don't know how you feel about this, and people can say this is a hot take or whatever. We're, I think we're at the end. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing in on the end of Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, in my opinion. Beyond this season, I could see him being there for one additional season, but when you're looking at his situation in 2024 – in the dead cap being what a little bit over three million dollars, I can see them walking away from that because I just don't, I just don't see him being worth all the money. Oh, I totally agree. I think this is Dalvin Cook's last season, and and if it wasn't going to be, these first couple of games have solidified that. I mean, we've kind of gotten the whole thing right in Philadelphia when they have a good defensive line, they're able to shut down Dalvin, which has been the case throughout pretty much his entire career. That good defenses find a way against Delvin Cook, and, and then you add the fact that he has another injury, now you're to the point where that's a liability at any point of even having him, and you look what's behind him. Okay, Madison's in the last year of his contract. You could take him or keep him, but you drafted two other running backs that are behind him. Ty Chandler looks fantastic in the preseason. Kenny Wong certainly has a lot of talent, not a ton of experience, but a lot of talent. I mean, I don't think they drafted these running backs for no reason, right? They had to have felt that at some point they would have to use them. And we're just talking about a very replaceable position. I mean, I, I think it's a little overstated to say that running backs don't matter. I think when you have a great one, it does matter. And we saw that for years with Delvin Cook. But I just think he's no longer a great running back. I think he's kind of just a guy at the position. And, and that's just what happens. It's the natural progression of these things that the windows for greatness are pretty short, and probably even some of our favorite running backs growing up, they probably were past their primes for a while, but we didn't care because we loved them. Uh, but what, if you go and look back, you know, other than Barry Sanders, a lot of the great running backs dropped from five to four yards a carry throughout their careers. It's just that teams kept running them out there. I think now this team and, and teams are along the NFL, they just have to be more efficient about the way they spend their dollars than it was back in the day. And I don't think they can continue to spend their cap space on Dalvin Cook after this year. I'm in agreement with you. I, I feel like right now what we're seeing from Dalvin Cook is what we saw a year ago with Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys. There's no, there's no question in my mind. Let me ask you this, though. Um, coming into the season, I said it's put up or shut up. Irv Smith Jr., show me something. Um, what is your confidence level in Irv Smith Jr.? Because through the first three games, eh, I'm still not seeing it. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. Um, I, I guess we have to put kind of a, 
a marker on it somewhere in the schedule of like, if it still looks like this by week, whatever, I mean, maybe it's the bye week um, or maybe it's coming out of the bye week because, you know, we're talking about Jameis Winston and how those injuries all add up. I mean, we're, when we're, when we're looking at Irv Smith jr, this guy has not played in a year or had a training camp and it's a thumb injury. And people are talking about, Oh, he drops the ball. Well, we did have a thumb injury. Um, so, you know, these things make a difference when we're evaluating a player. It's been three games. I mean, if we judge a lot of the players on this team after three games, um, you know, we could look at Daniel Hunter and say, well, I guess he's been a ghost through these three games. I guess he's not good, right? Like, well, no, he probably is good, but he's gone up against some really good right tackles. Like, we always have to contextualize these small sample things, and I think it matters that uh, Irv Smith went through that. And I also think that if you were to go back to week one and do it again, Kevin O'Connell might say, I pushed him out there a little too fast. And I think that's probably what they did, that they handled it right maybe in week one, but then by week two they wanted him to handle the entire load. And that's just a lot to do for somebody coming off the significant injuries that he had and all the missed time versus Johnny Munt or or Ben Ellison who had the entire camp. And, And not only that, but Johnny Munt had this entire offense in Los Angeles. So he, and this is another part of it too, right? Is understanding the offense to go along with the physical elements. Like that's just a lot to put on somebody. So it's not necessarily an excuse, only an explanation. Um, but I think that if, if we get to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the bye week and you're talking about still looking like this, dropping passes, not being a difference maker on offense, then you're going to have to say, I don't know. Like maybe you do play Johnny Munt instead because this is just not working. So I think the next few weeks will really tell us where this is going to go. All right, I need a prediction. I need some thoughts from you, Matthew Collar, Mr. Purple Insider. Uh, what do you think happens on, on Sunday morning? Okay, I got two different predictions. Okay. If, if Jameis Winston plays, the Vikings win 28-10. to 10. If Andy Dalton plays, they win 21-17. to 17. I think it'll be much closer if Dalton plays. Okay. All right. We'll take it, man. We'll take it. Hey, Matthew, man, always a pleasure. I look forward to chatting with you uh, more, more than likely next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. That's Matthew Collar joining us here on The Lake Show. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got Word on the Street. That's next year on The Lake Show. <laughs> All right. It's time for Word on the Street here on The Lake Show on The Good Neighbor. For those of you that are new to Word on the Street, because The Lake Show is in a different time slot now, how would you describe this, Chris? Ah, uh, it's it's uh, gossip. It's, this is kind of our gossip entertainment, sports gossip. Yeah, it's kind of like your scandalous. Segment of the week, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not always scandalous. No, but I mean scandalous, scrumptious. Sometimes it's educational, informative. I don't know. It's just it's just kind of a hodgepodge of entertainment, like stories, maybe tidbits. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. Sarah Jessica Parker, either you like her or you hate her. It, there's really like, I don't know of anybody that's lukewarm. There can't be something in between. No, I, it's what? Weird. It's weird. It's like people are like love they, or hate. Yes, it's I, like I, that. I don't know why. I, I have no idea why she's so polarizing. But I didn't know that. Yeah. She had a lot of people concerned when she unexpectedly walked out of a gala, a gala in New York City, and we found out she was she wanted to be by her dying stepfather in his final moment. Mm. 
The Parker family said that her stepdad, Paul Griff, uh, Paul Giffen, uh, died unexpectedly yesterday. He was surrounded by his wife, Barbara, and his children, including Sarah Jessica Parker, who helped raise uh, since she was young. Now, she was in attendance at the beginning of Wednesday night's 10th annual Fall Fashion Gala, but left without warning. And, I mean, when somebody leaves like that, you're going to wonder why. Yeah. And according to page six, uh, those in the crowd were only told she had to leave because of, quote, a devastating family situation. He was 76. People should be understanding. Yes. This is the part of being a celebrity that sucks, is that sometimes people just, because they, they, all they know is fandom, and they don't know you personally. And when they don't get their way as a fan, it sucks. It sucks because it's a real-life situation for her. It sucks for you. But at the end of the day, we're talking about somebody died. Yeah, and sometimes I think people lose sight of the fact that celebrities and athletes and people that are out in the public, yeah. they've got real lives. Yeah. Like, they, they've got things that are going on in their personal life that we don't see that, frankly, we don't have any business. I don't want to know the private business of uh, a lot of people. we got to get a grip. Yes, we do. I mentioned this uh, earlier, Lake, when we were talking about Coolio, but he performed his last show ever last week in Texas with Vanilla Ice. And, I mean, obviously, th- this has hit Vanilla Ice hard. Now, he said he couldn't sleep last night after learning that Coolio had passed, and he woke up this morning still in shock and freaking out. Now, Coolio and Ice go way back, and they were touring together for the past six years on the I Love the 90s show, which was at uh, CHS Field over the summertime. And ironically, the last stop was in Cypress, Texas. I mentioned, like, that's where I lived when I was in Houston. And Vanilla Ice said Coolio came out on stage with him Friday night to freestyle during a set. And after the show, they hung out in Ice's dressing room with Coolio smiling, talking about life, seeming to be in great shape. Last thing he said to him was, see you tomorrow, homie. And at the last performance, and folks mm-hmm. who were there say he performed on stage for 45 minutes and was talking a lot to the crowd. They said that his voice seemed raspy. But he didn't appear ill. Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes it just, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. You're not really sure. We all, look, we all have, I feel like right now in society, whether we want to accept it or not because of COVID and all the stuff that's been going on the last couple of years, I feel like we all have underlying conditions. Seriously. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just saying, no, there, there if, we, if, if we've had COVID or you battled COVID or whatever, like, do we know? The ramifications or what's going to happen having COVID or living with COVID. Just no. because you're not deemed, um, what do they say? The lo- what's the- A long hauler. A long hauler. It doesn't mean that you won't be impacted negatively. Yeah. So, And I'm not saying that I know that he had COVID. I'm, all I'm saying is that in life right now, in the world today, there's so much stuff going on. There's so many things that are hitting us. I mean, there's all these different variants. This is a lot, man. There could be something that could have affected something yep. that could have been a catalyst for something. You never know. Yeah. Hey, a new police video shows Miles Garrett admitted to uh, an officer that he was going around 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Dumbo. Before he crashed his Porsche on Monday. Now, for those who are not familiar, Miles Garrett is the star defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. Now, in uh, Ohio State Highway Patrol body cam footage, Garrett can be seen in an ambulance moments after the accident when an officer began questioning him about the wreck. Now, the two talked for several minutes about what he remembered from the crash before the cop asked him, what was your speed approximately? He said he thought he got up to 65 while the speed limit in the area is 45. 
The video also shows Gary complained of pain all over his upper body before he told EMTs that his hand was burning. He also said the medical personnel, he thought his eye was swelling and bruising. And the video also showed uh, several people recognized him as a football player on the scene. And at one point, an officer told the 26-year-old pass rusher, hopefully you're not out too long. We need you. Oh, that's, that seems like preferential. I, that seems look, a little look, look, dirty. Look. I'm not going to throw – I don't want to throw the cops under the bus here. Yeah. You shouldn't – I, he's a public figure, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to make too much of it. I'm, I'm not trying to hammer the police in, in any yeah. way, but that... <laughs> that seems a little fishy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little fishy. Let's go, brownies. Well, well hold on. Was there any alcohol involved in this? It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like there's no alcohol, <laughs> no drugs, no nothing. Really? Yeah. Hope you're not out too long. Oh, wink, man. wink. Yeah. <laughs> It's all a mind wow. game. It's all a ruse. Hey, and uh, probably something you get into a little bit later, but more troubling allegations surrounding Brett Favre, uh, whose mission is to help to that underser- underserved and disabled children and breast cancer patients. Let's just say that uh, Brett Favre has done some bad, bad things, and it's not getting any better for the old gunslinger. We'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. We're going to get into that actually next because I do want to pose a question to the listening audience and get your reaction to it. At 651-461-9226. We're going to break now. We'll take a look at the local weather. And let's talk Brett Favre. Because I do want to uh, ask you guys a question about the Brett Favre situation. I heard a hot take with regards to Brett Favre. And uh, pose um, an interesting question to you guys. But we get to weather. That's next here on The Lake Show. All right. We're going to change up the topic here for a second. I was going to get into the Brett Favre situation. Maybe we'll get into it here in in the next segment or the final segment of the show. But I actually want to get into something much more serious. And first off, I want to say that uh, we send our thoughts and prayers to Tua. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Tua uh, Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Um. <sighs> He has got a very, very serious situation that he's dealing with right now. He had to be stretchered off the field. Um, we didn't have the the game on the 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 game up on one of our monitors. Um, but in commercial break, Twitter has exploded. Um, video pictures of Tua on the field, um, seriously hurt has emerged, and it looks as though after hitting his head um, that he's had some sort of, like, seizure. And and we're in a really – and I know that you're, you're probably like, man, like, man, are you okay? Look, of course I'm fine. I'm sitting here in the studio with Chris Tubbs doing a radio show. But the NFL is in a bad spot right now. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Miami Dolphins specifically are in a really bad spot. And I'm not talking about losing their quarterback. I am talking about the concussion situation in professional sports and specifically with the National Football League. Anyone that watched the Miami game last Sunday against Buffalo, when Tua falls to the ground and his head snaps back, and he gets up and he wobbles off and he stumbles and he almost falls multiple times. 
Everybody in the world says, man, he's out on his feet. He's got a concussion. They take him off the field. Well, then he, he later returns, okay? And the Dolphins said it was a back injury. This is coming off as they lied about him having a head injury. They've put him in harm's way. Yep. And now this has occurred. This is a tragedy to see this happen to a good, young, bright uh, football player. I, it just It's really hard to put into words because the NFL has been dealing with the concussion stuff for years. The settlements, they tried to say concussions weren't that big of a deal, yada, yada, yada. This Got his that, bell that. wrong, it's fine. This is bad, man. And and let me let me just read to you guys a tweet. I actually retweeted it. It's from uh, Chris Nowinski. And he is the founding CEO of Concussion LF, neuroscientist. He's an author, speaker, former WWE superstar. Uh, and he goes by Chris Nowinski, Ph.D. on Twitter. He tweeted this out five hours ago. The NFL set Tua versus Joe Burrow. He tweeted this five hours ago. If Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. There's no way that anybody out there listening to this show, watching the National Football League right now tonight, can disagree with what Chris just tweeted. This is, this is an utter failure by the National Football League to take care of one of their young players. It's malpractice. It is. It, it, it is. It's, it it's, is. This is this is medical malpractice by that Dolphin staff. And I'm not somebody, Lake, who is one of these that okay, somebody's gotta lose their job. You gotta go, you know, way over you you know, this is reckless, this is irresponsible. This is reckless and this is irresponsible. Yes. Because the minute that Tua Tagavailoa went down and hit his head. He immediately had a seizure. And you had Bengals players that were waving to, to come over. His and, fingers were, were, were in a, I mean, they were. They were in a weird position. Oh, my God. And, and it's, it's, it's scary to think about how bad the NFL mangled is for as good as they want to be about, you know, we're going to take care of players. We're going to make sure that every little. Henry, every little time that somebody appears that they might be somewhat out of it, instantly they go to the tent and they do all these testing. Why were they so negligent with Tua? And you're talking about Chris Nowitzki. This is so bad. Yeah, I remember Chris Nowitzki having to retire from WWE because of concussions. That's the reason why he's so passionate about this. But the NFL... If, if if this is the end of Tua Tagovailoa's career, uh, that's one thing. But I really hope for his sake that this is not anything that's going to be permanent. Oh my! God. But the Miami Dolphins have a huge problem on their hands 
and so does the NFL. No, the NFL, the NFL and the Dolphins, this is a problem. This is the oh, number absolutely. one story in sports right now, tonight, and will be tomorrow morning. And it should be. This will be the lead for, oh my gosh, unbelievable. I, let's break here. I want to see if I can get Steve Silton on the show to finish off the show. He is our legal expert. He is our he's he's a sports and entertainment lawyer. I don't know if he's in the country. I don't know where he's at. I'm going to effort trying to get him on. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Final segment of the Lake Show next. All right. Like I mentioned, when you saw the hit that that Tua take last Sunday, um, Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm now I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm butchering his name. I said that that was a concussion. I think that everybody in the world said it was a concussion except for the Miami Dolphins who put him back in the game and said that he had a back injury. Um, this is a very scary situation, and I'll repeat the, uh, the tweet that we've seen here from Chris Nowinski, for PhD. He is with uh, – he's the founding CEO of Concussion, a neuroscientist, author, speaker – He says, and this is tweeted five hours ago, just to put context into this. Six hours ago, the NFL tweeted Tua versus Joe Burrow. Chris Nowitzki said, if Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. That was from five hours ago. And I said that I was going to effort. I didn't know if he's in the country, where he's at. I was going to check in with Steven Silton. He is my guy when we talk business and sports attorneys. And he's joining us now on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Uh, Steven, full transparency, I caught you off guard with this phone call. You have not seen um, this hit. You have not seen anything from this game at this particular point. But just hearing what I just laid out for you and just the, the the state of the National Football League right now with Tua having to be stretched off, it's clearly something involving head trauma. Uh, what do you make of this, man? What, what like, like, how bad is – I don't know if there's any worse story with the NFL after tonight than this. Probably not. And first off, Henry, you should know I'm always available for you, as you know. So – you can call me anytime, and it's always great to be on. I appreciate um, that. And you and I have obviously talked about TBE for years, and, and in many respects, as we said, it's the it's what can kill the golden goose. And Roger Goodell has done a lot of things in the NFL, but he's probably most dealt with head injuries the best you can in a sport as violent as professional football. So I am sure that this is going to be a huge story, both nationwide. I I have not seen it. I have not seen him dragged off. But it's going to be a huge issue with the NFL as a whole. And I'm sure this is something that Goodell is going to address directly, probably starting tomorrow. Oh, no, no. He's in the stadium tonight. They showed him up in a booth with Chris Collinsworth. Roger Goodell's probably trying to get out of Dodge right now. Like, this is... Let me read you this tweet from from Shannon Sharp, okay, who we all love. He says, I deleted my previous post because it wasn't the right thing to say. I apologize for my lack of sensitivity dealing with the injury. 
I believe the Dolphins lied about to an injury on Sunday and put him in this predicament. Again, I apologize for lapse in judgment. I didn't see his previous tweet. But I guess the reason why I want to call you is because because you know that when we talk about all of these type of issues, I trust you more than anybody in the world, Stephen. It just I think that we're in a really this is about to be the top line sports item not only tonight on Sports Center but also tomorrow on all of the shows on all of the networks that the NFL and specifically the Miami Dolphins could put Tua at risk the way that they just did. This is a setback, man, for the NFL and concussions. Without a doubt. I mean, with all the people there to protect him, you've got neurologists on the field. You've got his agent, who's going to be very protective of him. He's looking at a long-term career, many contracts. He's one of the hot quarterbacks. Miami is 3-0, and one of the great stories in the NFL. You've got the NFLPA. You've got the media, obviously, that's covering this. The fact that Miami was able to do this and the fact that they, you know, it's I always talk with my clients. It's a three-foot leap over a one-mile gorge. Sometimes you take a risk, which is so huge if you fail, even though the, the risk itself looks small. And this is one of those risks. I mean, if he's essentially unable to play again, if this is something that impacts him for years to come, which we, as we all know, these head and neck injuries can, this is something that could be truly game-changing in the NFL. That tweet that I just read to you, in the last four minutes, it went from 2,000 retweets to 22,000. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't, I just, I, this is bad, man. This is really, I, and we've talked, and this is the thing, me and you have talked about concussions for quite some time, Stephen, but this is the very first time in all of the years that we've known each other in which a star player has essentially been rushed back into action and it went bad. Like th- this is this is something that's going to be talked about for a long. This could be the defining moment of concussions in the National Football League. And maybe it should be. I mean, this is something not to play with. Again, football is an inherently dangerous sport, and head injuries are definitely a part of it. But it's something that needs to be managed. And Goodell again has addressed this in a very straightforward way. So I think he is not going to mess around with this. And the Dolphins as a franchise, has obviously been tested. You and I have talked about the black Brian Flores issue. Yep. And you add that to the fact that now they've rushed their quarterback back. This new, this new head coach has rushed their quarterback back in a way probably should not in prime time on a Thursday after a Sunday game. I mean, this could, be a, could add additional layer of concussion protocol. And, yeah. I mean, and, and let's hope that Tua is fine. Let's hope that we are frankly, being hyperbolic in our discussion. Yep. But we all know these injuries can be life-changing and and can end a career. Yep. Steven Silton, business and sports attorney from Colson O'Connor. I appreciate you, my man. Thanks for uh, joining us on Emergency Notice. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.